Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Lily Adams joins us in the first half of this second hour. She is Deputy Communications Director at the Democratic National Committee, the DNC. And before joining the DNC, she served as Press Secretary for U.S. Senator Tim Kaine's campaign. Love him. Met him a couple of years ago. Nice guy. Uh, For U.S. Senate and in his office on Capitol Hill. Previously, she served as a spokesperson for Senator Richard Blumenthal and former Governor Ted Strickland, a graduate of Brandeis University, where I was accepted for my master's but couldn't afford tuition. Lily Adams joins us. Good afternoon, Lily. How are you? Nice to be here. Thanks. Okay, so now we have, we have, let me see, we have the connection of Senator Tim Kaine, we have Brandeis, and I'll give you one more. My best friend has three daughters, the middle which is named Lily. Okay, here we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, the And they can't hear us. She's my favorite of the three. Anyway, um, the, uh, new G, the new GOP Congress just voted again and again and again and again, but now with the new Congress, uh, voted to undermine the Affordable Care Act, specifically Obamacare, because that's really what they are undermining in their uh, minds. And they've done this now uh, more than 50 times. And they've done this despite the law working. Let's talk about the merits of the Affordable Care Act. Let's talk about, you know, these are facts. This is not a soundbite or fiction. (laughs) What is happening in the law uh, among U.S. citizens that proves that it is working in the short term uh, that uh, people have been able to benefit from it. Yeah, Leslie, I think what you're seeing is, you know, not only are more adults um, and children covered under the Affordable Care Act, um, you know, so that's great, which is 10 million adults have gained coverage, um, 9.7 million Americans have been enrolled in Medicaid and CHIP since the open enrollment period, um, 7.1 million people have enrolled in 2015 health care plans. All of those things are great, but you're also seeing that, um, it's achieving some of the market goals that folks were hoping for, which is that healthcare costs are rising at historically low rates, um, which is good news for our economy, you know, on uh, overall. Um, but, you know, I think what you were mentioning is that the Republicans are hell-bent on trying to undermine the law, um, and we haven't seen that that's changed with this new Congress that um, looks, you know, strikingly like the old Congress. Um, they proposed a bill this week and voted for it that would have actually increased the deficit increase the number of people without health insurance, um, and increase government spending. So I'm not exactly sure what their goal is, um, but those would certainly be the results. Oh, most, most definitely. And what is the Republicans' justification for doing this? Polls show that the American people don't want the, care, the, the Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, to be repealed or to be replaced. They want some tweaking. And certainly people who have pre-existing conditions don't want to lose. People that were not insured don't want to lose their insurance. People that have better rates don't want to lose that rate uh, that they're currently uh, locked into. 
And I mean, these are just two examples, big examples, and that that millions of people would be affected by, um, you know, if in fact they were to succeed. And then, of course, uh, you know, let's talk about polls again. Polls show that Congress and Republicans in Congress are more hated than the president, who many people say, you know, was the reason the Republicans won was a referendum on the uh, president in the last midterm election. I don't agree with that wholeheartedly. But for Republicans, when you look at the polls that the American public does not want this law to go bye-bye, that they want some, you know, small, you know, minor changes, some tweaks, which is normal. Medicare and Social Security tweaked, what, 10, 20 times uh, yep. up until present day and will probably be tweaked, you know, long after I'm gone someday. Um, two, yep. polls show that they can't stand Congress and they feel that they're wasting time and money and that they're not productive them. and they're not doing anything. So this is a new Congress. There's the opportunity to really, with a presidential election coming up in 2016, say we're the new improved GOP, and what do they do? They revert back to the same thing that Americans don't want, wasting taxpayer time and money, and the bottom line is the president isn't going to sign it. So it's beyond a waste of American time and money. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I've yet to see an alternative from the Republicans that is that would do anything other than, you know, increase the number of people without insurance, you know, take away protections um, that folks are enjoying right now and that are leading to healthier families across the country. Um, And that isn't just a, you know, trying to put insurance companies back in the driver's seat. I mean, that you asked sort of why is this happening? And one of the main reasons is that the Republican Party is supported by big-time insurance companies who fought this law tooth and nail to begin with. Um, and now, you know, Republicans are trying to repeal the law or undermine the law to give that power back to insurance companies so they can jack up rates on American families, so they can, you know, deny folks coverage that they rightfully deserve. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just not something that Democrats, including the president, are going to allow to happen. Um, we've just made too much progress. Um, and I, you know, Republicans can continue to obstruct. Um, I, it's bad for the country, but certainly that's their choice. Um, but we haven't seen any change from where they were six months ago or a year ago or since the, little, the law was passed in the first place. Um, they are truly hell-bent on trying to sort of obstruct or repeal this progress. Senators John McCain and John Barrasso, Republican in Wyoming, uh, redoubled their efforts to grant more exemptions under the insurance mandate for Obamacare. And that's part of their effort to, they say, quote, restore Americans' freedom to buy their own health care. Quote, no American should be forced into the president's one-size-fit-all health care mandate. One of the things that bothers me is the, the, the amount of misinformation on this coming from the right. My husband's a physician. I'm very much in favor of this. Especially, you know, you know, I don't think it makes you a socialist that in a country so wealthy and so large and so progressive and leading the world in democracy that we would deny this right uh, to our own citizens. But the bottom line here is the lies that the American people are being fed. And I say that because, one, in California alone, Blue Cross alone, in conjunction with the Affordable Care Act, if you go online, there are, I believe, 167 plans. Now, that is not a one-size-fits-all health care, uh, you know, mandate, if you will, right? And, and these are not one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. plans. And it's not a one-size-fits-all health care mandate. This is in the best interest. This is not political. This is about health. My husband is the first to say he's an orthopedic surgeon, right? And mm-hmm. if if you wait to the point that you have to go to the ER, you're, you're reducing your chances in many situations of living. <laughs> you know, I mean, prevented, prevention and everything 
is is the best way uh, to go about things. Why don't Republicans want a healthier nation? Why don't Republicans want people to be living longer and healthier? Because if so, the elderly people who tend to vote more so Republican could get to the polls and won't be so damn sick in their bedrooms and hospital beds. <laughs> well, I think what you're seeing from folks like Senator McCain and others um, is exactly what you've seen again for the last couple of years, which is that they want to fight for Americans to be able to have bad insurance, insurance that has high premiums or insurance that doesn't cover, you know, that has high co-pays or that doesn't cover the prescription drugs that you need or doesn't cover, you know, cancer treatments or chemotherapy. You know, what the president did um, and Democrats did in the Affordable Care Act is say that everybody deserves a baseline level of health care, not just because, you know, they deserve it. It's because it's good for our economy and it's good for our health care system. Um, and so what you know, Republicans, the only thing they're trying to do is just say, again, as this sort of boon to insurance companies, to say that, you know what, actually, you can have really bad insurance and it will be fine with us. Um, but it's just not that's just not a good idea. Um, and it's just not it's not going to lead to any sort of success for, again, for the well-being and economic and health security of Americans. So um, I think, you know, you're going to see Democrats in Congress, um, you know, from Nancy Pelosi on down, um, from Harry Reid on down, fight these sort of um, efforts to undermine um, undermine the mandates that are in this law um, that make it work, um, and you know we'll continue to try to again make tweaks where they need to be made. But um, we're not going to go back to the sort of days where insurance companies call the shots. I, I want to talk about also the motivation here, right? because the American people need to know the truth. And the motivation for this, when you talk, and you know, you your opening sentence in response to my question, Lily, and, and my my comment, my rant, if you will. <laughs> is that they want Americans to have less choice technically and and they want Americans to have expensive insurance and this benefits again corporate America because when you look at the little ticker tape as I do being one of the uh, liberals on Fox News Channel as a contributor fighting those who disagree with me on the right uh, you know on a weekly basis numerous times a week when I look at that little, you know, uh, you know, ticker tape sometimes about the stock market, which I don't know how to play any more than I do know how to play craps in Vegas at a table. But I do know when it says things have gone up. And what do you always see? Health insurance companies always profiting. Anything connected to health insurance, you know, I mean, medical equipment, you know, they always, always profiting, always high. I mean, the market could go down and, you know, their stocks are going, their stocks are going up. So I say that because the motivation here is clearly that these Republicans, again, are pandering to the rich and to corporate America, which they don't mind being owned by, which most Americans fear controlling our politics and our lives. Well, I think what you're seeing is, you know, I think if you look at the numbers, again, talking about sort of the economic indicators that we're seeing, um, and I thought, you know, Republicans sort of did an about-face this, this week, is that, Actually, this president has overseen steady, you know, steady economic growth, steady job growth um, that is beneficial to everybody. Um, and so there are, you know, there are more jobs in this country, um, you know, more job growth in this country than we've seen since the late 90s. There is a lower um, unemployment rate than we've seen, you know, in many years. And so I agree, the stock market shows that there, you know, that big companies are doing well, but we're also seeing that there's, you know, some improvement in small, you know, smaller businesses, smaller companies are adding jobs, which is important. But it's going to be impossible for people to have the sort of economic security that they need if they're worried about getting sick and getting bankrupt from becoming sick. And, so and, and, and you know, statistically, Lily, that is the number one reason that people are in debt 
um, you know, people on their and their credit reports, that's the the number one debtor that they owe tend to be those huge medical expenses, hospitals, uh, do- mostly hospitals, not doctors. Usually hospitals, you know, the, the doctor gets a little check off the top and then the hospital gets that huge 10, 20, 30,000 dollar bill. You know, unless you're Donald Trump, you can't just write a check for that. Yeah, but that's why it's so important, you know, that we make sure that that people don't just have insurance, they have good insurance and that children have insurance and yes. that, you know, their folks have insurance and that it's not too expensive, um, you know, for people to get the prescriptions that they need and that, you know, seniors who have earned a dignified retirement have access to, you know, good treatment under Medicare and not a voucher program that we've seen Republicans try to um, try to change that program. So I think that, you know, what you're, what you see Democrats fighting for is just basic economic security um, and economic opportunity uh, for the middle class and for folks who are trying to get into that middle class. Um, again, it's just, it's impossible to expect that folks can feel good about their situation in life if they are constantly concerned about what might happen if somebody takes a slip on the walk when it's icy outside or, you know, if some, their kid gets the flu. I just think that um, you'll continue to see that contrast again as we go into the next election. It's hard to believe there's another one around around the bend already. Um, but certainly what we've seen from this Republican Congress is that things haven't changed. They are going to continue to fight for folks like insurance companies or for folks who don't have a problem getting insurance for themselves and their families. Um, and we're going to continue to fight for folks who and look out for folks who are in need of a, you know, a little bit a little bit of a hand up to um, ensure that they've got economic security to be successful. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. And again, what do the American people want? They want jobs and an improvement in the economy attacking the Affordable Care Act. Don't do that. And by the way, the Affordable Care Act, unlike Republicans said, did not destroy jobs. It actually created jobs. More jobs in the healthcare sector. Just look at the job growth numbers in healthcare in the past two months. Lily Adams is Deputy Communications Director at the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. Follow her on Twitter at Adams Lily. Follow them at the Democrats, the, the DNC Twitter page, and their website, Democrats.org. And we're back. Lily Adams is our guest Deputy Communications Director at the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. And because... Uh, I didn't have enough coffee today. Uh, stepping over my words here, check out their website, Democrats.org. Follow them on Twitter. The DNC's Twitter handle is at the Democrats, and Lily's is at Adams Lily. Lily, thank you for holding, and um, welcome back. Um, yeah, no problem. L- let's uh, talk about when we look at this legislation, how many challenges there have been. And the latest was this week on Monday when the Supreme Court rejected a legal challenge two years old. Uh, to a central provision of Obamacare, and that was from a conservative group of doctors. Uh, There are a lot of people that, you know, may have, you know, read the headline but don't fully understand what took place on Monday. Yeah, I think what you're seeing is there have been a number of uh, court cases in lower courts at the Supreme Court, um, and including the most famous one where the Supreme Court upheld, um, you know, upheld the law. Um, but, you know, and I think we'll continue to see Republicans or, conserv- you know, conservative groups challenge the law in the courts. Um, but I feel very confident, um, as does I think this administration, that this is a sound law. Um, and I think usually uh, you see that the Supreme Court is not uh, – they try to look at what the impacts of what their decision would be. Um, and so the more people who are covered, um, the more people who would be impacted by the repeal of this law, um, I do think they take that into consideration historically. Um, obviously, they take into consideration the law as well. But um, we see that this law is working. It's not infringing on the freedom of folks. It's actually providing people more economic freedom and more economic opportunity. So um, I think, you know, we'll 
we'll wait to, again, see what other court challenges are. But so far, um, the law has been found to be legally sound. Um, and, so and yeah, every, yeah, every time somebody tries to strike down the law's individual mandate, uh, the yeah. Supreme Court uh, seems to reject those challenges uh, legally, obviously. Now, speaking of uh, yeah. legal challenges, we have a big one coming up. I believe the decision is going to be the first week of March. We're at the third or fourth, um, yeah. you know, that week. And I'm going to be in D.C. for that that week. Maybe I can take you out for uh, a beer or something, Willie. And, and, and um, you know, and hopefully we'll be celebrating. But do you think that all of these decisions by the Supreme Court are a bit of foreshadowing of what's to come in March with the Supreme Court decision. And can you remind folks what that legal challenge in March is that people are holding their breaths about? So I hope that it is foreshadowing. Um, I'm certainly not a constitutional lawyer or scholar, um, so I'm, you'd have to go to somebody way smarter than I do to walk your listeners through um, the full court challenge. But there was an interesting piece that's been written um, in a couple of outlets this week about sort of what um, I was referencing earlier, which is that they'll be looking um, they'll be looking at some of the language in the law about tax credits um, to pay for plans. Um, and there's again, it's not worth sort of getting into the weeds on, but um, I think that many many legal scholars can agree that if you know if you read sort of the law comprehensively. Um, as opposed to just trying to nitpick out words, um, that the law is on good, good, uh, sound footing. Um, again, I, I never went to law school. I'll have to, I'll have to look and see if Brandeis has opened up a law school since I left. But, um, I think that most people can agree that there is sound legal footing, but you've seen that. Um, you know, many of the folks that have written about this challenge have said that, you know, judge, the justices will be sort of hesitant to try to, um, you know, take away sort of newfound protections for millions of Americans, especially if they know that, you know, Republican governors, which unfortunately are in many states, are not going to do anything to sort of restore that coverage that they've found. Um, and unfortunately, we've seen that, you know, in 23 states, they have yet to expand Medicaid coverage under the Affordable Care Act. Um, and have in, in many other states, they right. have set up their own state exchanges. So they're not looking to help people no. um, get coverage if they're if it is struck down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just like we don't like this. We don't have a that. Lily Adams, Deputy Communications Director at the DNC. Follow them on Twitter at the Democrats, Democrats.org, their website and follow Lily at Lily at Adams Lily. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.